except for the kids who are going to be joining Ms. Steph for children's time. Have I forgotten anything, PJ? Sweet. <laughs> I'm sorry? Nah. <laughs> We're beginning a process of, of looking at what new beginnings can look like and, and how we move ahead. Um, last week, um, as we were thinking about kind of the, the concepts around last week's sermon, somebody said to me, they said, do you have it written down? And, and the, the reality is, is I had something written down last week. But last week, if you want to know what the sermon was all about, uh, you need to watch the video. Because uh, I actually had to go back and watch the video to see what I actually said. Because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you know, when you are when you're centered and kind of waiting for God to to speak, and in the praise set last week and in the worship, um, God had another idea of what we were going to speak about, and. Um, I think God knew that it was going to happen and just didn't clue me in on that because I didn't give Davis any slides. I actually, I didn't even give you a sermon, printed out sermon last week. He kind of looked at me and I said, just, just go with it, buddy. We'll be fine. Um, this week we're going to begin the transition time. We're going to be looking at, at new possibilities and new hopes. We're going to be looking at, at where God has had us and we're going to be looking at what we have dealt with and, more importantly, where we're going. So, Sandy, thank you. Where are you? There you are. Thank you for, for this. Thank you for this communion table display because it helps keep me focused and hopefully will keep us focused on the reality that we are called to be searching and, and using all of the devices that God has given us for a way of directing us. Because, you see, God has a plan for you and for me, God has a plan for Pastor Jeremy and for Susan and for Hannah. God has a plan for our new pastor who's coming. God has a plan and it's all going to, to play together. And it's going to be this amazing song of praise that happens. Someday, I'm going to have an opportunity to preach a sermon uh, my version of a sermon that um, I heard many years ago at a Chris Tomlin concert. And, and the just of it was that, that God, from the very beginning, began to speak through all kinds of things. And as all of the voices and all of the gifts and all of the, all of the, the sounds come together, it creates this amazing Gift of praise to God. God is in creation. And God gives us the first of every year. God gives us every day, but, but intentionally we take the first of every year to think about where we were and where we're going. So today begins a new sermon series called New Beginnings a new opportunity for us to step from this place into the future that God has for us. Let's pray. 
Gracious God, be in the midst of all that we do and all that we say. Lord, guide and direct us as only you can. Give us your words today, not mine, not anybody else's, but speak to us as only you can. We offer you praise and thanksgiving for all that you're doing in Christ's name. Amen. Last year was an incredibly exhausting year. And, and it's, for me personally, it was exhausting. And, and the thing that, that fascinates me is I did less than a third of the travel that I normally do with my job. But I was more exhausted at the end of the year than I have ever been. And I think part of it is that we had all of this stuff. Yeah? Coming from us from all directions. We believed that everything was starting to move in one direction, and then suddenly it was a 180 degree turn and we're back going the other way. We thought we had everything figured out, and then suddenly, boom, a wall, and we had to go in a different direction. We thought that everything was going to be fine, and then suddenly, boom, there we are. There are many struggles, many challenges, and even some losses. But you know what? We made it. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Okay, so wait a minute. Let's try that again. Remember last week I told you sometimes I make suggestions that are rhetorical and then other times I say something and I actually do respond, expect a response? Let me try that again if, you, if you're with me. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. That's bad. So, I'm going to make an assumption. You don't want to praise the Lord or you ain't got breath. Which? Can we try two for three? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Wow. Like I said, sometimes you just have to work really hard. We're Methodists, but you know what? If you were born a Methodist in the area that I came from, over in the eastern shore area, the mid-Atlantic area of this country, that would have made perfect sense to you because the Methodists in that place were known as the shouting Methodists. They, the Baptists had nothing on us. The Pentecostals had nothing on us as Methodists in that area. First Sunday I preached in one of my first churches, people started talking to me and, and praising God and shouting. And, and quite honestly, I hadn't been used to that. It kind of took me back. But I kind of got enjoying it. So everything that has breath, praise the Lord. All right. You see, we made it. Now that, there are, now that we're in a new year, it's time to step back and look at the future. Not at our past. The past is a place of reference. It's not a place of residence. So many times we, we, we get stuck in that house called the past and we don't want to move out of it. But y'all, this is the way it is. It's a place that we look at to see where we came from, not where we're going. Somebody said one time, do you know why there's a big front glass in our car and only a small rear view mirror? Because we don't have to look back at where we've been. We need to be looking at where we're going in order to see where we're going to be. 
God has a destination for us. Plans to get there and a promise to be our co-journer. So today we're going to be using some passages from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to look at what that might be for us for new beginnings. Because you see, new beginnings excite me. Probably next week or the following week, I'm going to be able to share with y'all some stuff that excites me a lot. Um, The praise team kind of got a preview of it. But there's this... I'm just going to simply say this is a year of transformation and transition. And it excites me. What God is doing and what God has in store for us. Things that I can see and things that I can't even see. But I know that God has in store. So let's begin. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6 says... For he chose us in him before creation, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise and his glorious grace which he has freely given to us, the ones he loves. You see, I can face this new beginning because number one... We have been chosen by God. Christians need to know that God has a plan for us. Not for somebody else, not for another town, not for another place, not for another location, but for us, because we have been chosen. We have been chosen for this place. We have been chosen for this job. We have been chosen for this ministry. We have been chosen for this very time. Stop for a second and think about that. God wanted you here right now, right now. You really didn't have a lot of control over it except to do what God wanted you to do. We spend so much time worried about the past, but we we forget that God has chosen us for a future. And because we have a future in God, we don't have to worry about new beginnings. We don't have to worry about new possibilities because God's got it all planned out already. God has a plan for you and for me for, for the journey that's ahead. And two things that I I found that were kind of interesting to me is that God has chosen us before creation, before the creation of the world. God had a plan. And He has destined us for adoption. You see, it's God's will that none would perish, but that all would live in God's perfect will. Our gospel reading today began with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He said, in the beginning, God had a plan. Number two. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 10 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with riches of God, God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment 
to bring unity to all things in heaven and earth. Number two, we are redeemed by Christ. In Richard Koken's book, Ephesians for You, he connects redemption through Christ's blood back in the Old Testament to the sacrifice that happened on the cross. As I was reading that one day, I was like, we've been teaching this for a long time, <laughs> that it was through the blood of Jesus Christ that we are redeemed, that we are saved. It is, and that was tied to the sacrifice that happened in the temple. The very last plague in Exodus 12 was what? The plague of the death of the firstborn. How did the firstborn of everything not die? It was through the sacrificial blood of the Lamb. When the death angel saw the blood on the lentil of the house, it passed to the next house. You see, we spend, we spend so much time worried about what the future is going to be. We spend so much time worrying about what, where we're going and what we're doing. And we totally forget, y'all, that we have been redeemed by Christ. And as redeemed, we have been marked. We have been set apart. We have been given a goal and an opportunity to move forward. And God's there. I heard somebody say last week, well, I'm not sure if I can do this. Talking about all the transition that's getting ready to happen. And personally, one-on-one, I said something different to them. But this is what I wanted to say. You ready? And, and the person's going to hear me say it, and it's just, it's just out there now. But this is, I showed love, okay? I showed grace before. This is the ungrace-filled guy. You ready? I'm not sure that I can do this. You're right, you can't. You can't do this. We can't do this by ourselves. But you know what? We have been redeemed, y'all. We have been redeemed by the blood of Christ to be on a journey that God has chosen for us. We have been given an opportunity head. We have been given new beginnings, but not just new beginnings. We've been given new beginnings with the promise. And the promise is that I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I, I know the way that you need to go, says the Lord. I will give you the way. I will show you. I will help you to prosper. I will help you to do what you need to do to further my name. So here's a little insider secret. If we begin to do this transition on our own, we are already destined to fail. Pastor Jeremy, how many times have you moved in your career? See, I have to do that too. It's like, I moved 12 times in my career as a pastor. Most of, most of my moves were after three years. Part of my ministry was to help churches realize that God had a plan and a purpose for them. 
Now, the problem with, with being given that opportunity by God is that every three years you're packing up a house and moving again. <laughs> Which means you don't get to collect a whole lot of stuff. Susan, I'm praying for you, baby. Because <laughs> as you stay in one spot for a long time, you don't get rid of stuff. You just accumulate stuff. In those 12 moves that I made, actually 11 moves in churches, one move here to, to Nashville, I reminded my congregations that I was leaving and the congregations I went to, is that if you're depending on me to make it all better, God bless you. If you're depending on, on a new pastor coming in to be the, the Messiah, God bless you because they ain't there. There was one. And by the way, they killed him. But he rose again. This ministry has never been in its existence about one person, about a pastor, or about one congregant. It has been about, um, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being a friend. It has been about the ministry that God has created in this place by knitting together personalities and, and ideas and gifts and talents. And you know what? The incredible thing that I learned about five years in my ministry was that because we have been chosen, because we have been redeemed, it's okay for us to disagree too. Because sometimes it's through those disagreements that we find the center of where God wants us to be. It's in those places, it's in that growth that God shows up, and to use Bishop Swanson's phrase, shows up and shows off. It's where the true center of God's purpose and plan for our lives and our ministries finds itself. So y'all, you're chosen, you're redeemed, finally. Ephesians 1:11 through 14. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with purpose and will, in order that we who were the first to put on the hope in Christ, we might be for the, it might be for the praise of his, and his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal and promise of the Holy Spirit. This is God's gift. Finally, y'all, we've been marked by the Holy Spirit. Ministry on our own is absolutely impossible. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And being sealed by the Holy Spirit gives us the power and the ability to do things that even we can't imagine. New beginnings are hard. New beginnings are a challenge. But if we look back for just a moment and we look at where God wants us to go as we turn back, then we realize that there is no going back. We need to push forward. We need to go ahead because God has a plan and a purpose for you and for me and for this church and for our lives together. And interestingly enough, that plan that God has, that, that, that empowerment of the Holy Spirit that God has put on us as a church 
also gives us the ability to transform the community in which we live. You see, we weren't put on this spot just for ourselves. We were put on this spot because God knows that there are things that are getting ready to happen. Now, I, I don't get an opportunity to read stuff locally, but I'm he- I, I know what I see. There is a whole bunch of construction going on. A whole bunch of construction means a whole bunch of people. A whole bunch of people means a whole bunch of opportunities to be the family of God together. Who would have thought, years ago, before Good Shepherd ever was, that God would place us in a place that was an empty field that now looks like this? Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been in the midst of this from the very get-go, from the very beginning. The Holy Spirit had a plan and he anointed, empowered, marked, sealed us as a church to do that. Maybe some of you are sitting here asking yourselves, am I chosen by God? Am I the one? Has Jesus really redeemed me? One of the ways that we know is if we, have, if we have the Holy Spirit in us, is how we sense the Holy Spirit. But it's more than just a feeling. You see, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins and liberates us from them. The Holy Spirit comforts our hearts in trouble. The Holy Spirit gives gifts and talents that we use to serve the church and we use as a church to serve the community. The Holy Spirit transforms and sanctifies us, making us more like Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us unity and unifies the people from different races and socioeconomic situations. The Holy Spirit brings all kinds of people. The Holy Spirit, I said last week, the Holy Spirit brings people, has brought people from around the country to this little church in the middle of Hendersonville, Tennessee, with the gifts and the talents and the abilities that we have. The Holy Spirit brought us all together for a purpose, and that's a purpose that we haven't even seen yet. So today is a new beginning. This is not an end. This is a beginning. There are parts of feelings of ends that will happen. We will feel loss. We will feel grief. We will feel all of the feelings that go with some transition. But through that transition, we need to stay focused on this is not ending. This is a beginning. This is a beginning for us. It's a beginning for Pastor Jeremy. It's a beginning for all of us. It's a beginning for a new church. And, and we've announced that, right? It's, it's out there. Nolan's all right. Oh, okay, okay. I've been traveling, you know. <laughs> Nolansville first. It's a new opportunity for them. It's a new opportunity for all of this. See, the problem is knowing all of this, you've got to remember where it was said. <laughs> and once it's said here, buddy, it's gone. And I don't want the DS on my butt. Just say it. It's a new beginning. And actually, from what I understand, it's going to be a new beginning for us because we're going to be getting a new DS at some point. So it's all kinds of new beginnings, all kinds of new opportunities and new challenges, all kinds of opportunities to see where God is going to show up and and show off. But because of this, we need to remember a few things. Because new beginnings don't always feel warm and fuzzy. 
Just saying. They're not always warm and fuzzy. So let's remember just a few things together. Number one, we are not alone. There is an opportunity at the next exit, but we are not alone in this travel. We have someone who is traveling with us, who is carrying us with us, who already knows the path. And unlike my GPS, when I flew into Baltimore last Monday, who was trying to take me to a place and was trying to take me up into Pennsylvania to bring me around and come back to the lower shore of Maryland, if you're not familiar with that area, that's not the best way to do it. It takes a 45-minute trip and turned it into a three-hour trip. Unlike that GPS, the Holy Spirit who is guiding us, who we who is always with us, knows the path that we need to follow. Number two, we are called into a future. We are called. This is not our choice. This is not our making. It's nobody's choice. Nobody's making. It's a call. It's a call from God. God has planned, predestined. If you would, God has made this an opportunity for us. Number three, we will be empowered. We will be empowered by God to do this. We will be given everything that we need at the very moment that we need it. And for y'all who are like me that want to know every step before it happens, get over yourselves because it ain't going to work that way generally. So many times we get to the place that we need to take a right or a left-hand turn and that's when we find out that we need to make that right or left-hand turn. But we need to understand that we are being empowered by God as long as we take time. And that's going to be the important piece for us, I think. We need to continue in prayer. We need to continue in discernment. We need to continue in conversation with each other, with God and with this community to make sure that we are in the will of God as we move forward. And finally, the future is ahead. We need to make a fresh start. As I was traveling on 95, going to Baltimore yesterday morning, coming home, I was on my way from the eastern shore of Maryland over to the western shore to the airport there was a person, it was dark, it was rainy, it was not really cold, but it was just kind of a yucky morning. It was three in the morning. And there was a person stopped right in the middle of the exit I needed to take. And, and, and you know, I, I wanted to get mad, and after the conversation, I was like, okay, God, you went out of your way to give me a sermon illustration. This is good, thank you. It's three in the morning. Now, understand, it was New Year's Eve the night before. <laughs> And they were blocking the whole of the, the ramp. And me, like an idiot, sometimes I am, I got out of the car, and I walked up to them, because, I mean, they were like, stop. They were like, nothing, I mean, dead there. And I just walked up to the car, and I stepped back from the car quite a bit. They rolled down the window, and I said, are you okay? Well, yeah. Um you might want to move to the side. Well, I know I have to go this way, but I'm afraid. I, I've never been this way. Out of blinking, I went, I'm going to preach about you on Sunday. 
I said, you need to take that step and move ahead. Well, that's just what my GPS says to do, but I, I trust the GPS. My friends, trust the GPS. Trust the God who is personally sending us to a place. Take the exit. Let's move into the future. Unafraid. Because God has a plan. So today, as a way of us moving into that plan, traditionally in our United Methodist churches, in the Wesleyan tradition, there has been an opportunity for us to share together a very traditional covenant prayer, offering God our time, our talents, our gifts, and moving into the future. So Pastor Jeremy, would you lead us into this time of covenant prayer? Sure. This is the Wesleyan covenant prayer that Wesley and others have used for hundreds of years now. Many times in churches they would have a watch night service in which they would gather together on New Year's Eve, especially in the African American community. And this prayer has been around, and it's been for us to center ourselves on this morning as we gather together and say it. Let's go ahead and stand up for that. We want to give this all God's attention and opportunity. Let's join together in this covenant prayer. I am no longer, no longer my, my own, but thine. thine. Put, Put me to what thou wilt. Rank, rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Thou art mine, and I am Thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Everybody said, both here and at home, Amen. And I believe that Judy Jones would win the contest of being here or at home. She is in Costa Rica right now, and she is watching us. Uh, right now from Costa Rica where she's doing mission work. So, Judy, we, we are blessed by you and thankful for you being over there doing God's work. And we look forward to your safe travel back. You may be seated. Let's join together with the great thanksgiving found on page 13 in your hymnal or on the screen as well. Let us join together. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth or you had formed the earth from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. 
And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom you have revealed yourself, our light and our salvation. You sent a star to guide wise men to where the Christ was born. And in your signs and witnesses in every age and through all the world, you've led your people from far places to this light. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup. He gave it to his friends and said, Drink this from, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit in your holy church, honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. And everyone both here and at home said, Amen. Amen. So we invite you in a moment to be able to come forward, if you're here in person, to be able to come to the rails and to receive your communion and to go back to your seats and wait for us all to take it at home, to get whatever it is you're using at home to get ready to be able to uh, receive communion as well. We invite you in these sections to come this direction and return that way, in these sections to come and go towards the wall and return back to your seats. Now let us come together and to receive this great sacrifice from our God.
return to their seats. And as we do that, anyone need to be served in their seat or communion brought out to them here in the sanctuary? I think we got everybody. Everybody else? Well, my friends, one last time. We gather together around the table. I'm thankful for all of you and the opportunity to have been gathered together around the table of Christ's love, which won't stop when I leave. This table will always center us, no matter where we are. We'll always be friends. So let us receive this together, the body of Christ, given in love for each one of us. And the blood of Christ, shed in love for all of us. One of the amazing things about new beginnings is the realization that God trusted us enough to give us another opportunity. In a very real way, every day is a new beginning because every day is given to us fresh and new. How we live into that is a testament of of what our faith is in the God who calls us. We can choose to be like that person on the off-ramp and kind of sit there and, and, and question it. Or we can just boldly go in and go this phrase, where no man has ever gone before, <laughs> into a new possibility and a new opportunity that God knows that we have faith that God will lead us, and we, but we know that it will be good. May the grace and peace of the God who has given us this journey, this new opportunity, this new place for us, may the grace of that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you, guide you, direct you, give you the opportunity to run and not be weary in the future that we have. Go ahead in peace. Amen. And Happy New Year.